Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. right it is a wonderful world my name is bill Matz. welcome to broad street hockey radio I, I am just elated the flyers are victorious in the draft lottery of course almost second place it's pretty it's pretty good considering how far they jumped yeah you can call it a that's win. winning the draft lottery yeah. biggest, biggest jump like, jump in all, all time yeah. in the draft lottery. historic jump so I, I had to start off with a little something different. One to play. Uh, it's a wonderful world. Uh, everyone seems really enthused about I that. I liked it. I got yeah. really dumb for a second. <laughs> we're, just gonna, we're just gonna roll with it. Steph forgot what the microphone was connected <laughs> I, to. I, I forgot everything. Uh, I, we have a great broad tree. Uh, it's it's been a real couple of downer episodes. On I listened to last week's. It was fun, but like we were all mad at each other, and I don't know why. And I think it was because we've all been watching the playoffs, and it's oh yeah, now we got to go in and talk about the Flyers and how hopeless they are. I blame Steph. Yeah, I honestly blame Steph for everything. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I can't even get mad about I can't, that. I, every time, you know, I can't blame Steph for too much anymore. Uh, Thanks. Thank you. And we're going to lead it off with Steph Driver, my broadcast partner in crime. How are you tonight, Steph? I'm wonderful. Well, that's good. Um, so I, I need to just take a moment and say it is hilarious to me the people that are saying Ron Hextall and his plan had anything to do with the magic that granted us the 2.4% chance of getting jumping to number two. Like, I saw people today saying, oh, all those people that were doubting Ron Hextall, I bet they're feeling real stupid now. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty dumb. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> as soon as it happened, well, I tweeted, should have tanked, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my only comment on the matter whatsoever. I, I This had nothing to do with Ron Hextall's plan. Really, really fucking cool that it worked out this way, but like he didn't do this. No, nah, he got lucky. He's always drafted well, so I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the draft. This is not a thing that I'm worried about. Luck is three quarters preparation, Kelly. Is that right? That's right. The fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. So I was going to take this time to beg each and every one of you listening to the show not to spend the next couple of weeks think- thinking up trade ideas for this number two pick <laughs> because that's simply not happening. But I think instead I would like to talk about mocking the goalie in a hockey game, which is one of my favorite things ever. However, you cannot do it until the goalie has made some kind of mistake. And is this true? Yeah. So on the way here, I was listening to the Penguins-Capitals uh, game, and before a team either team had ever taken a shot the Pens fans were Holtbying at Holtby and it's like g- give him a sec to fuck up because he probably will and then you can mock him 
But until then, just be quiet. You're well, chasing I, yourself. I remember a lot of uh, a lot of people like to do it with with Hasek because like he wasn't going to make a mistake, but he was a crazy person. He was a crazy person. <laughs> so if you wanted to like if you wanted to maybe get him to make a mistake, you would try to get in his head early. Yeah. Uh, I always find it funny, like. Like with Brodeur, like to yeah. mock him, you, Marty. But then, of course, if he's at home and does something good, it's Marty, Marty. Like it's just his name. Right. It's just a tone. Like, yeah, the like tone. That's, that's is, it. That's what does it. Yeah. I, I was always kind of disappointed that there were no teams or fans of like Rivals of the Flyers that didn't like turn that Briz Bear thing into some type of chant. Like, cause that would just seems like such a great opportunity. You didn't well, have to get in prison. Yeah, I guess he just. Yeah, yeah that's there, true. there were some fans that did the. Uh, they the, had like the signs. Like, like one guy dressed up dressed as a bear, like a bear. Yeah, yeah, for that playoff series against the Penguins, right? Uh, don't. Oh, I'd refuse to credit Pittsburgh with something good. So <laughs> I no. Think, I feel like someone dressed up like a bear behind the net. For yeah, that did, yeah, that did happen. That did happen. It sounds familiar. Yeah. The man with the observations, Charlie O'Connor. So one thing I saw on social media and the Brudgeard Hockey comment section over the past 24 hours was this idea of people saying, I knew the Flyers are going to move up in the draft lottery. I predicted this. If you're saying that, it's not that you were clairvoyant. It's that you were being stupid. Because if you actually predicted that the Flyers were going to win the draft lottery when having a 2% chance, this isn't that you just knew and you just had a hunch. You're basically saying that I predicted something that was highly unlikely to happen by all of the numbers. And this isn't like, this isn't as if, you know, you picked Nashville to be the Blackhawks. Because, yeah, there's an element of luck there, but like you may have looked at it and you may have said, hey, I think Nashville's better than what everybody's given them credit for. I don't think the Blackhawks are as good as everyone's given them credit for. That's basically saying that it was a 30% chance by the odds and you thought it was like a 55% chance. This is a 2.4% chance by the odds that was actually a 2.4% chance. And just because it actually turned out to work out, if you were saying two weeks ago that they're definitely going to win, you don't have any leg to stand on to brag about this because it was insane that you predicted it in the first place. Just because it actually worked out doesn't mean you're like the amazing Kreskin. Like you just got lucky. <laughs> no, somebody actually somebody actually tweeted at me to tell me that I predicted they would win the draft lottery. <laughs> I, I went back and listened. I went back and listened to last week's show and it wasn't on there. I wanted that's what I was gonna start the show with if I could find it. That would have been amazing. <laughs> me saying I won the dra- we were gonna win the draft oh, lottery. Uh, but yeah, really though charlie isn't everything 50 50 like that 2.4 percent is just hypothetical no in reality 50 percent of the time works every time in reality talking about here it was either going to happen or it wasn't the odds don't really matter it's 50 50 but but they do because there are certain amounts of number combinations and there they are the combinations it's not like gary bettman woke up today or woke up on on saturday and was like hey you know what i'm feeling like the flyers should win this lottery so 50 percent of the combinations are going to be flyers related no it was always 2.4 percent it just happened to be one of those 2.4% 2.4% of the times. It was I mean it's great, but like please don't act like you're this prediction genius because you happen to call it because you're ultra optimistic and this is the one time that optimism actually turned out for a Philadelphia fan. Please don't. 5 6 8 12 It's true. I'm getting a tattoo to my body. Like I don't even care. It's, <laughs> it's happening. 5 it's 6 happening. 8 12, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it, 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 to it. I think like the the underlying point here is I feel like by saying that you predicted it, you're almost like you're almost marginalizing just how unlikely it was. No, no, Charlie, they're all lying. Oh, there's, there's also that possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one called this. Well, no one. 
I mean, idiots did. The man. <laughs> hey, boss. Idiots did. Uh, that voice right there is our fearless leader, Travis Hughes. So uh, I'm going to go off topic briefly. We'll get back to the God draft lottery it, thing. Travis. I swear. But I, am oh, I got really... plenty on that. Don't worry. I... <laughs> Have you guys heard the flyers on the draft lottery? Um, is this true? Cool. Wait, I'm gonna what? I'm gonna rant about the ESPN layoffs for a second because okay. like Who? they have basically we already knew that ESPN didn't give a shit about hockey but um, at the at, I always would defend their hockey coverage in the past because their their online coverage was just so damn good uh, Pierre LeBron is is fantastic um, you know uh, Scott Burnside is is even if you think he has bad takes here and there great guy I think a very good reporter. Um, and it's just a shame that they they've laid off basically everybody who was not Barry Melrose and um, <laughs> no offense or you know no, uh, screw it no offense, offense to Barry Melrose he's the one guy who probably deserves to get laid off frankly yeah. Yeah. Um, given that they let him out of the closet like six minutes a week to talk on sports to do be- to and, do like, Barry's bistro in a chef's hat <laughs> <laughs> what was up with that. Is that what they do? I haven't watched Sports Center in like 15 years because they don't talk about hockey. But in any event, yeah, there's no reason to ever go to ESPN anymore, unfortunately. Uh, the one guy that they do have uh, around still is Craig Custance, who is behind the insider paywall. So they're asking you to pay for it. Um, it just pisses me off, it, it, especially when, you know, look, like ESPN has a lot of reasons that, that their business is in trouble. Um, you know, they're paying a billion dollars. Because they the wouldn't let Kurt Schilling say how good the Confederate flag is. <laughs> right, That's why they're going under. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh no! That's why they're going under. I mean, <laughs> well, and that, but yeah. that, and they've made Tim Tebow some kind of cult hero when, like, Tim Tebow sucks. Well, this gets back to it, right? So, so yeah, they're spending a billion dollars on NFL rights. They're spending a billion dollars on NBA rights. Whatever else. And they're losing subscribers hand over foot, mostly because people are cutting cable, but also because their product is shit. Because nobody wants to watch ESPN unless they're actually watching a game. And meanwhile, they're going to sit here and spend. Whatever the hell millions of dollars on Stephen A. Smith, they offered to match Skip Bayless's contract when he left for Fox Sports. <laughs> like, it's insane that this is the way that they think they're going. And yeah, there are a lot of reasons why they need to cut costs, but also at the same time, they they can afford just to cut Stephen A. Salary, Stephen a. Smith's salary a little bit. They could afford to keep their hockey coverage around. Yeah, so, that's the thing. Like, they, um, if they need to cut costs, they laid off people who probably don't make very much money. At in least the compared to Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, right? that's the thing. Like, right. compared to the people that they kept. Right. I personally love the direction of sports media right now. It's just yellers. You don't have to be good at what you do. <laughs> it's good for you, isn't you it? You don't have to know what's going on. Hey, you can e- just e- yell. ESPN, e- e- call me. Me and Steph will do it for what for half Easily. of what Stephen A. Oh my God, half. And, and, and then so like, on, on we'll our outline, split that half. <laughs> and on our outline here, the next uh, the next sentence on the outline is all exclamation points, Bill. So. Second pick, motherfucker. That's all I put in the outline. <laughs> yeah. It actually was all by, by, by like eleven a. Yeah, and that was all that was in there. <laughs> I saw, like, okay, I guess I, I'm putting some I stuff in there. I saw Charlie go in and start typing. Like, I, I just saw you. I don't think he's doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess I I'm did, doing the show tonight. I did want to talk about, because uh, Steph uh, you know, and Charlie, you made points that are, um, quite frankly, nonsense. Because the Flyers were the recipients of karma. It came back to them, what they did. They didn't blow it up. They didn't do it the wrong way. They didn't tank, Taylor. They played it out. That, that was a shot at Taylor for our producer for being a Sixers fan. They trusted yeah. they trusted their own process of keeping around the guys they think are the right guys, regardless of what they make and regardless of what the product is right now, because it will eventually pay off. And the payoff was immediate. They were rewarded for their good thoughts. 
and for believing in themselves and for doing things the right way for the first time ever in franchise history. We, for we, the first time ever in franchise history, they're doing things the right way and they were rewarded with the second overall pick. We've just been privy to the first sermon from the Church of Bill. <laughs> I was going to say, is this some kind of like power of positive thinking? It's, it's the Church of Bill. That's right. Okay. I thought that this would happen, and I made it so by putting the good karma oh, so out the into the world. Now? That's what Ron Hextall did. It's what Dave Hextall did. Why didn't you think harder Fuck about the number guy. one pick, though? <laughs> there we go. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why did we think? Why did we think more about winning? If you would have thought a little bit yeah, more positively, you could have thought harder, Bill. I don't like guys with two first names. What? Nolan Patrick. Come on. I was actually complaining about that in the car on the way here. <laughs> like, I don't like that his name is is two first names, but it's also really close to Nolan Ryan, who is also two first names. I hate that we got a problem. You know what? You know what my response to you on that, Bill? What's that? The universe is indifferent. There is no justice in the world. Everything is random. Eat at Arby's. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Maybe. And there's your happiness. Yeah. No, I I I mean For the first sure? time ever, the Flyers did something right. They said, we're not going to just trade our captain because we want to. We're not going to go spend $50 million on a goalie because we want to. We're not going to go give Chris Gratton $10 million up front because we need a second center, I guess. They were like, we're going to do this smart. We're going to do this calmly. And we will be rewarded for our patience. And they were uh, rewarded for their patience in the in, like immediately. It paid off in one year. It was, you know what, it was Thank nice. you, Ron. Because I will say, we, we've talked about this on the show. There was that debate probably in like mid-March where there were a, a sizable contingent of Flyers fans on social media who were like actively rooting for the team to lose every single game. Yeah. And that, that kind uh, of... Acquiring like, Valtteri Filippo was like creating, me. was like committing a war crime. Yeah, that kind of annoyed like, me. So like the fact that they got rewarded essentially for not doing that and actually playing out the string and playing well at the end of the year, that makes me happy. I'm so happy. I don't think it had any impact on it. It makes me happy. I was going to say, so well, happy actually, Colorado fell. they didn't get rewarded for doing anything. The ping pong ball gods just made the balls come out in a certain order and so we got a pick. The earth god rewarded me for my good vibes on Canopy Day. Is that what it was? Yeah, ah, good to know. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, the numbers that have been drawn are 5, 6, 8, and 12. 5, 6, 8, and 12. 5, 6, 8, and 12. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Wow. Oh, you can just hear the just <laughs> oh, oh, my no. God. Yes. Philadelphia. Oh, those assholes. The second selection in the 2017 NHL draft. And as a reminder, uh, any combinations in the third drawing belonging either to the Devils no, or No, I don't care about that. Oh my God, he could hear his voice. He hates it. Oh. He hates it so much. He's got to hate more, back to all those boos in Philadelphia in the draft. Philadelphia? Philadelphia. He, he's wow. got to hate wow. more, though. Like, uh, the Devils get the first. So we're he's getting a first overall pick that. coming into the league, and no one's ever going to get to see That's him. a good point. They're <laughs> well, going to ruin Patrick him. is the next Gretzky, and no one ever sees it, that it really happened. No, but it's great for when they move to Seattle. That is true. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's happening. Okay. Their stadium. The Devils? Here. I think so. <laughs> yeah, Josh Harris okay. is going to take or the Sixers Carolina. there. Carolina. Why not? I found out him. today so, sorry, that... Eric. that <laughs> Eric, do not read this. <laughs> no. Seattle, hello. My, the, the guy who owns my client also owns the Devils and the Sixers. Like, I just found that out You should drop today. some hints. Joshua Harris. Like, is it Josh I, Harris? No. No. But I've never, I've never, he's a partial owner, but I've never met, I've never met the guy. I know that he's got his own helipad and comes Ooh. in and out, but like, <laughs> well, I didn't know that he owns. Don't take the Devils and the Sixers to Seattle. Right, like, so this is a conversation Josh Harris, you should have. Josh Harris, when he was, um... 
at some point he he landed he like stopped a Newark Little League baseball game I believe it was <laughs> or it might have been a football game because he landed on the field because oh, yeah. he needed a helipad. His, yeah, he was yeah. like, guys, guys, please. He's terrible. I've got places. To and I'm go. very glad he's not the owner of the Flyers. Although yeah. nobody who owned the Flyers, who owns the Flyers, Comcast. <laughs> he said, "I don't know." <laughs> All of us actually. What did he say? Owns, owns. All right, no one else gets what we're doing. No, I, I know what's happening. Uh, it's from Slapshot. Okay, okay. Uh, so what we have to get to now is the Flyers have the second pick, and it essentially it comes down to one of two guys: Nolan Patrick, whose name I've heard a bunch of times, and Nico. He sure. He sure. I just refused to say it because I've. They just kept telling me different ways to say it before the show. I've been, we, pra- we were I've been mess practicing with you. all night. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to see what you were going to come up with. Nolan Patrick I, and he, I put like an R in there. I thought it was like Hersher. <laughs> I, and Nolan Heeshare and uh, I cannot wait to see I, what, what sports radio well, I mean, we're, we're coming off of last week when it's it was ca- the Calder Cup so I, I just that's wanted, how I've said it <laughs> I've definitely said it like that on the show before though I'm sorry I, I just I mispronounced you, and you were wrong that time too yeah. <laughs> no one corrected me those times I correct you every time I catch it well you know what I just mispronounce things and people gotta deal with it I mispronounce names so it's cool does it Nolan Patrick's been the de facto number one basically since uh, since Austin Matthews got drafted. Yep. And uh, that's kind of been okay. The next draft, the next yeah. number one guy, Nolan Patrick. So what is that where we think the Devils are going to go? This Nico character seems to be picking up steam. Nolan Patrick's dealt with some injuries. It's... It's an interesting thing because it seems like, and this is based upon the the presentation that um, that Sportsnet put on um, T, uh, uh, TSN as well, that it seems like most of most scouts and most front office people are pretty much split on this guy. Yeah. So it just sort of depends, or, or split on you know who's going to be number one. So it just depends on what the Devils happen to have in their evaluation of of these guys. And it's interesting because I think that if there is a consensus, it's probably like, well, it's got to be Nolan Patrick, right? Like, still has to be Nolan Patrick. But Craig Button is pretty plugged in. Like, he's a pretty plugged in guy. And prior to the draft lottery, he had Nolan Patrick as his number one on his his mock draft. Not on his, like, personal draft board, but Mm -hmm. on his mock draft. Then immediately after the Devils won, he switched. So you wonder, like, is, is this a situation where, you know, Three weeks ago, he had a conversation with Shiro, and Shiro, not thinking he was ever going to get the first overall <laughs> pick, was like, well, yeah, I take Heeshire over, over over Patrick. And now that they have the first overall pick, Button's like, well, I guess they're taking Heeshire over Patrick, and he immediately switched it. Like, maybe that's just a hunch, and maybe there's nothing there, but it, it made me take a step back and think, maybe he's got some inside information here. Uh, it, I feel like once, like a guy like Patrick, who's been the number one, is in the spotlight forever, because I see this happen in other sports. Oh, yeah. Like, um... With the Sixers when they took Ben Simmons, yeah. like half this town, they had that number one pick. Half this town talked itself into Brandon Ingram, like in the Browns, like oh no, they're going to take Trubisky number one. When like all year you were hearing, yeah, Miles Garrett's the number one pick, yeah. like that's just the way things are. So I feel like when the guy is that number one spotlight, like he just gets that like picked apart too much almost. But when you look at he's dealing with injuries and there are other guys, it's just interesting to see. Like I can't wait to see where it goes. I'm just happy they're going to get somebody good. Uh, before the show, Travis and I were talking about how like the defense is set and they have the stable of goalies. And we've just been talking on the show for months now about how, like, okay, Konechny, awesome. Rubstov, he's going to come along, cool. But beyond that, they don't have any real front-end talent uh, on, on the offense. Now they have the second overall pick and one of 
probably two like top end centers. Yeah, yeah. The, the center position really was the one that you looked at and thought that's the weak point of the organization. Not necessarily at the NHL level, but in the in the the pipeline, absolutely. Because your top center prospect was probably Rubstov and. He played a lot of wing this year. Like, there's a chance that he might not be a center at the NHL level. He played a lot of wing in juniors, and some people now are thinking that that's where he projects. And he was your top center prospect. So who's your who's your next one after that? Probably Vorobiov, but his ceiling, you know, if like in an absolute best case scenario, maybe he's the next Anisimov, who's like a very good second line center. But like, it's not a first line center. That's not a guy you can dream on as a real, you know, as the guy who's going to potentially be one of your three best players. You're not your penciling team. him in. It's like, okay, we can definitely count on. And that's you like know. the absolute best yeah, case scenario. Exactly. Like, that's his ceiling. His floor is he's not an NHL player. Or he's a fourth line center. Like, this guy, whether so it's he fits Pat- in perfect. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> but but this guy, whether it's Patrick or Heishier, you're talking about two guys that have one C potential. I mean, maybe they don't necessarily have Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid potential, but they absolutely have one C potential in the same way that like a Nate McKinnon has one C potential. Yeah, the, the the amazing thing to me is how quickly this has changed to its center. Like if you look at now, we have one of these guys. Um, Rupsov, who they got in the draft last year, and then Vorobyev, who you mentioned, is like who's like really come on in the last year. Yeah, um, and they, he was a draftee in 2015. Um, but thinking about it before then, like they had nobody. At yeah. center. Well, so they had Las Vegas Golden Knights, Scott Lawton. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and he was basically. It's. I mean, it's weird to say now since he's been in the AHL all year, but he was essentially graduated to the NHL at that point. Yeah. At least the way it felt. Yeah. Well, they gave him. They basically gave him a shot to be the three C. All of not. I'm, it's gonna. I'm gonna find it hard to say last season because now last season is actually the 2016-17 season. But the, well, 20, no, this, the, the playoffs are still going. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Sold out okay that's fair. So last season being 2015-16, yeah. Lawton was basically given the three C job, and he just couldn't do anything with it. He was yeah. he was their three C for a significant portion of the year, and he just like his defense looked like crap, and he scored okay. But you watched him, and you could understand why eventually Cousins kind of beat him out for that job by the end of the year because he just straight up outplayed him. And I mean, Nick Cousins is Nick Cousins. You if a third round pick's outplaying a first round pick, then you know there's something wrong with the first round pick. I do find it interesting here on chart on the list here. You, you, you Charlie, you kind of like wrote down all of the prospects in the organization, basically, and the and the young talent. Because uh, it's funny that you included Couturier on here because it seems like he's not young talent anymore, but obviously he is. Yeah, but, but and then I included um, and Shen, Shen and, yeah. and Whale. Right, right, I mean, right. basically anybody like 25 or younger. I think right. I throw in there. What, I, I, what I, I that? It, Did you say Whale? Wheel. I heard Whale. <laughs> I mean, if you want to call him whale, that's your no, I don't. I just I, I want to call him Wallace. I mean, if, if we're <laughs> if we're calling Bill out, that's some weird pronunciations. I thought that you did a weird thing. If you did not, my bad. Interesting that you put Lawton at wing here, though. I mean, I think Lawton's yeah. a wing. I yeah. know that I know the Flyers are trying to continue to have him become a center by playing him at center in the AHL. I still look at him as a wing prospect. Yeah. I, yeah, I just I think it fits at the NHL level. Better. Yeah, I think yeah. it fits the skill set better. Look, look at I the forty-five people you have in the bottom six here in this chart. 45. We have all the bottom six. All the bottom six. I'm really happy with this chart that you put in here. Yeah, it's wonderful. Unfortunately, nobody can really see it. Because this is a radio show. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but no one else matters but us. I'll tweet it. We, we could it's screenshot. But they, they happen to have. <laughs> well, no, but it, it just it makes it makes things really simple to look at. So top line, we have three top line forwards right now: Giroux, Voracek, Simmons. Two of them are questionable. Who? William. <laughs> <laughs> Not Simmons. The two making the most. We're money. trying to have fun here, Bill. <laughs> William. William. Everything is good right now. <laughs> We're all happy. <laughs> The the I started the show with the Ramones. Of course, everything's good. Listen, 
the colors are brighter coffee is sweeter i don't know if you don't like sweet coffee then that's not your thing but like the birds are singing and there are rainbows we're happy now don't ruin it charlie exemplifies the issue i guess here with his chart that they do have while they don't have a ton of top end talent they have a log jam of forwards yeah, they have a they have a, a lot, lot of nhl caliber yes. forwards because the the chart, basically, the chart basically was you have three top line guys. And when I say top line, I'm not I don't just mean I, I know what you mean. I don't just mean at even strength. I mean like overall production wise. So you've got Giroux, Voracek, Simmons as top liners. As middle sixers, you probably you have Couturier, Shen, Philpola, Konechny, and then Raffle and Wheel are the two guys where you can make a case they shouldn't be in there, but Raffle's played pretty much in a top line role for the last three years at even strength. Yeah, he doesn't get power play time. And then Wheel played like a top-line guy at the end of the year. Now, whether he can hold that, who knows? But from a performance standpoint, what we have is that he can play at that level. So now you got nine forwards right there. Then you hit the bottom six. And now you got seven forwards who I would say are probably capable of being decent, well, passable bottom six forwards at the NHL level in Reed, Weiss, Cousins, Lawton, Belmar, Vecchione, Lear. Now we're talking about 16 forwards, and we haven't even gotten into the fact that they're going to be adding one of the top two centers in the draft, and they got Asker Limblom who's going to come over. That's 18 guys for 12 spots. 12 spots. The thing about those 12 spots, though, is like their problem has been that their depth is bad. So, yes, they have passable NHL players in that bottom six, but they're not contributing anything, really. Yeah, but, but so you can just get rid of them. I, I don't, yeah. I don't and just really bring in agree better players. I don't really agree with that, though, because the problem this year wasn't even that their depth was bad. The problem this year was that they had good depth that they weren't playing they weren't because exactly. they were playing they were bad players the in their place. Six. Yeah. Like, the coach is bad. like their, their yeah. fourth line for most of the year was Vandevelde, Belmar, and Lubimov. I like Lubimov, but I would take Reed, Weiss, Cousins, Lawton over over him in a second. In a second. And he was that guy. I mean, and Weiss he played guy. until he decided it was impossible to score, and then he came out. And then he's- Reed has been in the lineup every night for six years. He, he got scratched once or twice this year. Like, Yeah, but if he's on the fourth line every night, then who's angry at Matt Reed? I mean, yeah, the but contract is But that's the problem. They didn't have a third line. <laughs> the way I look Matt at this Reed's now playing is on the that third line. with this depth... Whether it's this coming year or the next year, depending on when Patrick and Hisher come up and when Lindbaum's on the team, like it's theoretically coach proof, right? Like if no. you just have enough talent on the team, right? Well then there's Pierre Edward Belmar. Yeah. Well, okay. We're always <laughs> it can't be perfect. We're not gonna go twelve for twelve on the forwards. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean you look at this now, now you've got at least by my chart, you have nine top nine forwards. You have Drew Voracek, Simmons, Couturier, Shen, Philpola, Raffle, Konechny, Wheel. And that's not even accounting for the fact that the guy they draft is probably going to be immediately a top nine forward when yep. he comes in, whether it's this year or next year. And then there's Lindblom. And then there's Lindblom, who, I mean, I think is a top nine forward. Maybe he's not. he doesn't have the same type of hype that other guys have, but I'm very high on Oscar Lindblom. And then you would think, out of these seven guys, you would think you could put together an above-average fourth line. Absolutely. I think that also, I mean, we have to remember that we're going to lose a guy. To yeah, you're going to lose one, but that's here. still yeah. a lot of players right. you can choose from to put together what should be an above-average fourth line. And what we're seeing, I really think what we've seen over the past year if you were if you weren't sold on the idea that the fourth line is actually a big deal, you yep. it, you should be sold on that after this season when you have teams like Columbus 
teams like the Rangers, who have survived having an awful defense because they actually dress 12 good forwards on a nightly basis. Awful uh, other, defense, uh, this speaks to my interest. How do you uh, get through other, that? Other than when they dress Tanner Glass because yeah. they're kind of insane. But <laughs> Hey, he scored a goal. He did score in a goal. Playoffs. In the playoffs. <laughs> but like you that game one of the first was, round? I think it was. Yeah. There's no reason why you should not be able to put together a really, really good fourth line out of what they have. Out of just what they have. No, and I agree completely. Yeah, and but I they won't do it. No, and I don't understand why you wouldn't want four lines that can score goals. Yeah, you don't need one that's just filled with plugs that hang back in the defensive zone for an entire shift. You don't have to play that way. It's like an amazing concept. It makes complete sense. Weird, right? It, <laughs> it makes right. sense. Right. Like <laughs> if you can find those guys, but most guys can't score. Like it's it's hard to score goals. So it's hard, and it's really hard to put four lines together. In a cap era that can do it. Like, you kind of have to get lucky. All you like, need Nick to, all Cousins you to... can't score at this level. They've been giving him that opportunity, and he hasn't been able to do it. So do you include him on a scoring fourth line? No, because he can't score well, all you need and, to... and, and, and I'm, I'm not a huge Nick Cousins guy, but, like, his points per 60 numbers are decent. Like, they're not... You, you can't just look at a guy and say, well, he doesn't have 25 points, so he can't score at this level. Nick Cousins' rate stats in terms of scoring at 5-5, five and five, they're like third-line level. Scott Lawton's are like second-line level. Like, he has other issues in that he can't drive play. But if you're only giving a guy time at even strength, and he's scoring at even strength in limited minutes, like, I can't say that they can't score. Belmar is a guy who can't score because yeah. if you look at his rate stats, they're the worst in the league. <laughs> Guys like Lawton and Cousins can score decently given the minutes that they've had at the NHL level at even strength. Do I want them on the power play? No, of course not. And as long as they're not on the power play, they're not going to get the points. But their rate stats aren't bad. They're certainly better than Vandevelde and Belmar. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to have four top lines, but you could have a fourth line that at least gets pressure. Yeah. It's and, not and a hard concept. A guy like Cousins, for example, yeah, maybe you're asking him to be on the third line and, and he doesn't impress you, but if he's on the fourth line going against other fourth line competition for the most part, then he probably has even more success. I, I guess. I, he's fine. He's a nice enough player, but like... Cousins I, is, is an example. I don't... Right? I, yeah, but like when those are the choices and he's out and Belmar's in, I, you know, I want to get angry about that because... Cousins is, like, I think a better player, but it, that's not making a difference to me. That's not why they're winning or losing games. It, I think and It helps. I, I was going to say, I think over, like, one or two games, sure, it doesn't make a difference, but I think over an entire season, like we've talked about a million times, those kinds of choices add up into winning a lot of games or losing a lot of games. And as, we, as we've seen, more importantly, I think it matters in the playoffs, not that we are even, we yeah. have any right to talk about the playoffs, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you get into a playoff series and you have depth at forward, and it certainly well, helps look, you look, when not win, win a series. I mean, I've been critical of Ottawa all year, and they've gone way further than I thought, and I'm I'm willing to, you know, I'll eat crow on that, definitely. <laughs> I mean, they but, still suck. But one of the reasons why they've been better in the playoffs this is, one of is, those because, anomaly is because, because they dumped all of their shit players on the fourth line. They traded for actual good players. Grant, I still think trading for Burroughs was dumb, but if you're going to replace Chris Kelly with Burroughs, like, that's a big, big jump. And then you get you add Clark MacArthur when he's actually healthy. Mm-hmm. He's a good player when he's healthy. And they basically mm-hmm. put together a fourth line that was above average and replaced one of the worst fourth lines in hockey. So yeah, it makes sense that they're performing better than anybody expected because it's a totally different team. And that's what people want out of the Flyers. And there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do it based upon the guys they have. Like if you have a Reed, Weiss, Belmar, whatever, or Vecchioni, whatever. Like that's an above-average NHL fourth line. Absolutely. If they had an above-average fourth line, from what you're telling me, Charlie, they never get 
that second pick. Oh. They lost just <laughs> enough to give themselves a shot. I, just I, enough to I, get that I two, can't argue with that 2.4% that they needed God. to get up into that oh pick. My God. Okay, well, I, didn't, ne- I didn't think the day well, or, or the time would come where I was sick of hearing about the second pick, but like right now, <laughs> right now, I'm, I'm Everything there. they did this year, every single decision they made contributed to it. When, no. when Ghost was out of the lineup, Absol- when Travis was out of the lineup, every single minute. No, nothing Nothing happened except for ping pong balls. That's it. That's I know all that, that I know that Bill's the host and I'm like basically the guest here, but can we cut his mic? <laughs> I asked Taylor to do Take this him out at slack. least once a day. Every a day. single thing they did contributed to this. And it all well, worked out. Well, you know what? Well, that, great. So and, let and, them be shit again next yeah, year and then they don't for win. For the 2.2% chance the next year. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, like, like okay, fine. The, everything worked out. They got the second overpick. Now let's get smart. Yes. Now let's build a smart team because we have the second overall. Bring in better because, players. Because we have, we have, have now we can coach. do a 1A, 1B situation. Now we spent all year saying, we well, don't even need a superstar. They just need like a 1A, 1B to pair with Giroux. Hopefully they've got that guy. Now let's get smart. Now let's build a fourth line that can score. Now let's build a penalty kill that actually gives the most minutes to the best penalty killers on the team. Now let's do it because now if they get anywhere near half season goaltending, this should be a playoff team. Well, Rocky Balboa is still in charge of the uh, penalty kill. So. Um, okay. <laughs> but so, a second, but I get yeah. I'm, I'm ignoring it. Um, so... We're talking a lot about the fourth line, and I, I get why it's a big deal, but I want to talk about how it really impacts the rest of the roster, bringing in th- this number two pick who's going to be a forward. I mean, realistically, what we could be looking at is the one C to replace Claude Giroux when he actually does fall off the cliff. And that's the thing that I personally have been looking for in all of these trade speculations. Like, we're looking for the guy who's going to be able to jump in, produce, and then also step up to replace Claude Giroux when the time comes. And this, this changed freaking everything in 12 minutes. Like, what everything that we knew about the Flyers, everything we knew about what they're going to look like next year and what our prospects are and their even their cup window everything changed with this number 2 pick like i have stopped caring immediately about the phantoms and the fact that they got knocked out of the playoffs yesterday like that sucks but a lot of you guys are going to be on the flyers next year i've stopped caring about the stanley cup playoffs i've stopped caring about the expansion draft i've stopped caring about um all of the 400 bottom six forwards that we have. I do not care about anything right now other than the two players, one of which we will get at number two. How does this affect... Because I, I just read poor Vecchioni here. How does this affect Vecchioni? They should not have brought him in in the first place. I, I will make the same comment. Fuck. Yeah, I was like, going like, to say, like, I'll make the same that. comment I made on Twitter on Saturday night after a few cold ones, which was, Honestly, who cares? Just a few? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who, like, whatever. They're all about the fourth line. Like, like, what, like whatever. Vecchioni could be a decent player. Him and, and Spencer and, and, and you know He's what? If he is a decent player, that's great. Maybe he carves out a role as a fourth liner. Maybe he carves out a role as a middle sixer. But, like, who cares? They basically just added a possible 1C. If Mike Vecchioni is the next Mike Testweed and is going to go over and play <laughs> for South name. Korea in the Olympics... Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. They just I, got a possible Drew replacement. So I don't care either. I'm the one that put this on the sheet because I feel bad for the guy just purely because he could have gone anywhere in the NHL for maximum money. And he chose here well, because he, he thought also, he would have an opportunity to well, play. Well, he also still can. Well, he so still can, of course. He's, right. What, he's a restricted free agent? 
Right, but I'm pretty sure there was some sort of handshake. Right, deal but there, yeah. he could still be like, mm, no, it's I don't possible. feel like it. It's possible. Which, like, he can do. Sure. Good, then he's afraid of competition and I don't want him anyway. Well, I never wanted him to begin with, so I beat you there. What? You know, we don't need to get into why you hate him so much. Well, because there's no room. That's what that's what well, and, it came and, down and I guess, to. And, like, and I guess there's the, no room. The back and forth that we've had is like, I agree there's no room. Like there's there are other guys who could have that job, but right. if Vecchioni outplays them, I don't care that there's yeah, no, if, fine. if Vecchioni is better that's than true. Taylor Lear, is good. then get him over Taylor Lear. I don't care that they spent four years developing Taylor Lear. If Vecchioni's better than him, then get Taylor Lear out of here and let him play in the AHL for the next four years. I'm like I like when the Phantoms are good too. It's good to have winning up and down the lineup, so or up and down the organization. So no, I I, is good I agree, anyway. but I, I'm looking at seven people right now to fill six spots. That's including Vecchioni and one phantom two phantoms like that's just not i just don't think it's it's a good practice i just I, I, as i said i just hope enough. yeah i said i just like hope if that they Lawton and lear were good enough Lawton and lear are better than vandevelde belmar well yeah yeah all Easy. right but we've Lawton decided lear... that they're terrible and shouldn't be here at all so if that's the bar i would rather someone who's better than someone better well, than i also someone who be. <laughs> like well, no, and, I'm, and, I'm, yeah, I'm, fi- I'm, yeah. fi- I'm actually, I'm fine with Vecchioni. Like, I don't actually hate him. <laughs> like, let's, let's, Not the way she hates Scott Lawton. I, I hate Scott Lawton. Yeah. Although, I, I'm pretty... But defended Scott Lawton I have, by his playing ability. I have. Yeah. Um, and I also think that after that penalty that he took yesterday, like, he may have gone on a murder spree. So, like, Scott Lawton, <laughs> we're, we're good, bud. <laughs> um, I... But I do want to. I do want to see him actually have a chance on the Flyers, even though I don't think he is NHL caliber. Maybe on the fourth line, he's had long enough to distinguish himself. I'm moving on from these guys. I, I've been watching the I mean, Flyers. He's 22. Team. All right. He's still young. Best player in the league's nineteen. I, I'm not that worried about it. I mean, that's very, very <laughs> true. But Scott Lawton is no Connor I, I, I guess the the like the thing that that bugs me about the whole like well they have to show it is that they have like is scott lawton is scott lawton what we hoped he was going to be when he was taken first over like in the first round no he's not and that's disappointing it's it's unfortunate but scott lawton has still in his time in the nhl proven that he was one of the 12 best forwards they could have dressed this past year. So, like, if you say, well, he's got to prove it. Well, you know what? He did prove it, and they didn't care. They still didn't use him the way that they should have. That's my problem. Like, if this truly was a situation where Scott Lawton got outplayed by Chris Vandevelde, and Chris Vandevelde was a better player, and it was just we were just sitting here saying, well, man, I wish that Scott Lawton panned out, and they need to give him a shot to prove it. It's like... Yeah, that that I w- that I would agree with you. But this was a case of Scott Lawton being better than Chris Vandevelde, and them still saying, "Nah, we want Vandevelde in the lineup." That is my issue. It's not that Lawton hasn't proven it; he's proven that he's better than guys who play. So let him play over the guys that he's proven he's better than in the NHL. But if Lawton plays, they don't get the second overall pick. <laughs> oh God, help me. <laughs> Scott Lawton uh, looked this really well, fun summer, guys. I cannot wait. Just uh, wait for Neuvert to get taken in the draft. And <laughs> well, no, no, no. You don't get an opinion because you didn't do any predictions. So oh, You have to click play for my predictions. No. My opinions are found here on Broad Street Hockey Radio, the number one podcast of the uh, Philadelphia about the Flyers. Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. I'm, actually, I'm looking at the rest of the draft class for Scott Lawton, and like these are guys who've spent time in the NHL. It's a 2012 draft, right? Yeah. So Tom Wilson... 
Oh, he's great. When, yeah. when four. Scott Lawn's a better player. I, said, I think I still have Scott Lawn. Uh, well, Tomas Hurdle. Okay, well, Hurdle's Hurdle's I mean, NHL. You got Yaku. Successful. Yakupov. I can't pronounce names to save my life. Ryan Murray, Galchenyuk, Morgan Riley, Hampus yeah, Lindholm. You're, yeah, but now you're talking about the guys at the top. Of the right. Trend. So let's go back to the middle. So. Uh, Oli Mata was, 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 yeah. was 22. Uh, Vasilevsky was. Teravainen went two over him. I remember being pissed about that. Yep. Uh, Hurdle. Let's go. Who went after? Tanner Pearson. Uh, Oli Mata's really the one. Yeah. yeah. And even Oli Mata isn't yeah. as good as. Like, somebody. I forget who this was. This was like last week. Somebody made the comment that we all, we all overrated Oli Mata because. We looked at his numbers in his rookie year, and they were really good, and it turned out he was probably a product of playing alongside Matt Niskanen, who was a lot better than we thought. Because like at the time, like Matt Niskanen was still, people were kind of wondering, like, is this guy actually good? And now we find out, like, yeah, he's actually good, and Ole Mata, by playing with him, looked he's better like than he actually was. Actually good. Actually good. <laughs> so, I mean, Ole Mata is not bad, but like I don't think Ole Mata is anything more than a decent second-pair defenseman. Would I rather have a decent second-pair defenseman than Scott Lawton? Yeah, probably. But it's not like Ole Mata is like a superstar. Getting back to the second pick, uh, I've been because I did. Uh, oh right, the Flyers won the trip. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was fun draft lottery. Because uh, I did, I was starting to like look at prospects and stuff, and like you know the the Flyers were slotted to pick thirteenth, so I didn't think too hard about like the top rated. Prospects. No, I, I wasn't yeah, looking at the middle at all. You know, and yeah. uh, looking more at the middle. Yeah, but uh, there's some guys because. I don't know. I just keep seeing like some red little red flags about the top two guys, even though like it is it's it's common it's common thought that that Hisher 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 and Patrick are the top two. Yeah. But looking like right behind them at Velarde and Tippett, uh, Gabe Velarde and Owen Tippett. I I don't know. Like I go off board, Bill. Maybe a little. No, no. (laughs) The talent drop off from. After two is significant. Yeah. Maybe. I, no, no, I'm saying yes. I'm telling you. <laughs> How much of these guys I, I, have you watched? I, I, mean, to, I don't know that to, to me, be a fact. To me, like, let's let's knock Tippett off the list entirely because he's not a center. And, like, it has nothing to do with his talent. The Flyers need a center. You and they have two guys. Need, they have Charlie. two guys who can be a 1C. Even if oh, if, if Owen Tippett's ceiling is a first line right winger and he share and Patrick's ceilings are first line centers, you take the center. Okay. So yep. now, Villardi. I, to be totally honest with you, I know very little about him. This is why, this is why, uh, just because, like, reading this one scouting report, he's the big, dominating center, teams crave, and he can really put the puck in the net with his lethal stick. Uh, Ooh, that hey. sounds good. Like, I'm just like that sounds like a joke. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop. The word "really" in there just feels weird to me. Lethal stick. <laughs> really lethal stick. Really lethal like, stick. Can I? Is really he can really, he can really put the puck in the net with his lethal stick. Okay. The hockey news after dark, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> No, but but, there, but there's also Can I see there's that, a actually? reason why look at how red Owen Tippett's hair. Is. No, I remember why I did like. that. There's a reason why these two guys, why Patrick and Heshear, are by the general consensus of the scouting community, head and shoulders above the other prospects <laughs> in the strip. With Patrick, it comes down to the fact that he was. Well, this year has been has been weird because he was hurt. He sports didn't play, hernia. He didn't play a, a ton of games. Well, he had the sports hernia surgery in yeah. the off season and then got hurt a couple times this year. But his year before that, he was incredible. And 
players usually aren't incredible in the year before their draft year. He like, really had like incredible is probably underselling. Yeah, it. like he, he was one of the best players in junior hockey. In, I think it was 110. Is it? That's oh, insane. 102 points. Who are we, we're talking uh, about in seven oh, games, but then he had 30 yeah. points in 26 and 30 playoff points games. in yeah in like 21 when they got games, when they yeah. got to the Memorial Cup. And that's he, a lot. Yeah, his birthday September 19th, so he missed the. Uh, he missed the cutoff for last draft yeah, he's by old. like four days. He's, yeah. he's an old. He's an old draft yeah, here. So he yeah. played the whole year at eighteen, and it's all right. We like ended up playing the thirty-three games. And then you, but then then you have Heeshear, and Heeshear yeah. uh, one point five points per game, and was one of the best players in the World Junior Championships, yeah. despite not. Having been drafted yet, being yeah. a young player he, in that year, he basically almost single-handedly beat the United States in the quarterfinals. Um, they lost three; the Swiss lost three to two to the United States, but uh, he was everywhere and he scored uh, two goals in that game. So. I, I have words to say. Nico is quick and he finds the holes. <laughs> Who wrote this article? Did you write this article? <laughs> I, I could have. Right? <laughs> I think that um, NHL. Now how come when that's on my scouting report, it's a negative. <laughs> <laughs> wow. NHL okay. prospect oh reports are phenomenal. They are pretty funny. Yeah. If, if you're like reading them for the actual words and not reading them like to, to learn about the prospects like if you're reading the words and it's gets to the gets to the dirty areas and finds the crease and what was how Hextall, active stick I think Hextall was like this isn't even scouting even scouting reports for draft guys like he was talking about after Vecchioni sign he's like yeah Vecchioni's just like wheel they're they're small but they're thick guys it's like how can you get away with this Listen, shit in hockey love all that <laughs> girth <Not> matters <laughs> Oh, I love you, people. Oh, <laughs> I just guess I guess I'm still just a little size biased on Heeshear. Uh, <laughs> Bill's a size queen. I, I might be still a little queen. bit just because he's not huge, and he also plays in the queue. But he's not that. And when I small. see those like, things, like he's I not, worry. He's not like 174 pounds, but he's at si- almost 19. But he's small. But he's six foot. And you think like okay, he, fill out. he ends out you know what six foot one ninety maybe a little bit less than that you know without cutting down on his speed that's more he's also than, fast as hell yeah it's anyway, more than so, big enough I mean yeah. he, he's he's got the size to survive he got the frame to survive in the NHL obviously Patrick is more of a you know the Anzi Kopitar type in terms of frame that's one of his strengths but at the same time he's dealt with injury issues so like. If, if yeah, but he's like still a growing boy. True, true. Like he's he's eighteen. Like he's he could grow out of that. It Look, could, it, it certainly it certainly never grows after eighteen him. unless the Sixers get their HGH in him or whatever they pump their. Well, they put them with. on like you know nutrition programs and workout programs. They all fill out once yeah, they, they get out. to the NHL. They, f- they fill out. How come I stopped growing in like the sixth grade? Because you were not on a professional diet plan and yeah, with helps. the trainers and stuff. So is it just the sports hernia? With Patrick, or was it? He had an, he had an upper body injury. Yeah, he broke, I think he broke his, his collarbone I, twice. Did I hear? Well, I think so he I did once younger, and then again this. Oh, time. so I, like as a baby, baby, he bro- yeah. oh, whatever. I, I didn't. Care. I didn't look too deep into it because it just frankly just looked very well researched, and I trusted it. But some guy on Reddit. This is where we're going. No, I honestly got it. It looked very, very well researched. I didn't go through every single season, but apparently he was saying that um, because if it's on the internet, it must be true. You know what? We write on the internet, so that is um, true. That's (laughs) That's a good point. Um, Our our show right now is on the internet. On the internet. No, apparently, apparently Patrick has been injured at some point. Um, for, of the season yeah, every year every dating year. back to like 2012 yeah oh, so the Devils will definitely take it. I don't like that <laughs> it sounds perfect for the New Jersey yeah. Devils I would say that the Brandon Wheat Kings bias probably leans Hextall towards Patrick yeah that um, would be my guess too 
I mean, not that, 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 that it matters. Yeah, not that it matters, right? Yeah. Get to pick. Is that a right. real thing? Like, do you think there, or is it just coincidence? With well, I think it's just a matter of they would have watched him a lot because yeah. obviously they were watching Provorov, and Provorov right. was on the same team as Patrick when Patrick was having his incredible year. Did they have to watch Provorov though? Like, I would be like, yeah, we're good. We I mean, know. well, like, I know. Hold on, I have the most important stat to quote here. Nolan Patrick does not like chocolate or pizza. I knew <laughs> Therefore, he is bad. Therefore, yeah. he is I don't bad. even understand how this happened. It's a definite character defect. Like, does not like, does not like I'm chocolate sure or pizza. pizza. Not, not, does what not. What about chocolate pizza? Well, Will he eat that, a Choco Taco? He just hasn't had the right pizza. That's well, I mean, he's from Manitoba. Of course he has, right? He travels yeah. for a living. Like, this is what he to does. To other places in Western Canada. To other really yeah. small yeah. towns in Canada. He's also in, like, Red Deer and, like, Everett, All right, Washington, fine. Right? They do does not that, is know what they're doing up there. Is anyone else perplexed by Boston pizza? Like I guess, <laughs> I guess it's in the Northeast, but like I wouldn't go to no, Ireland for I think spaghetti. It's just Canada. Like, well, well, no, no, no. The the, the pizza belt starts at like Manhattan. No, Boston pizza, the chain you're talking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that's like a chain. It's like a Canadian chain, and China. it's like yeah. it's Boston. I'm like, what do you what? <laughs> Boston. There's pizza in there's pizza in Philly and New York, and that's it. Oh, it's yep. pretty right. much Chicago, but no, that's, that's, that's not pizza. Soup. That is casserole. Yeah. You people were talking about tomato pie today, and it was making me want to hurl oh, like tomato, tomato oh, pie is good it's also not pizza though oh uh, i hate tomatoes excuse me it's absolutely pizza then deep dishes pizza if that's no your... it's not that's a casserole well i mean tomato We're pie may as well be a Kelly. soup like you can just spoon oh god no, it's just no, sauce on top of pizza without but cheese. it's like five inches of oh god no, it's disgusting it's you're getting you're getting it you're getting it from somewhere shitty yeah. well hey, i also hey, hey guys normal amount guys of sorry we're talking about the flyers, flyers. got the second overall pick <laughs> oh is this a hockey show this is a pizza show this isn't pizza oops we'll save the second pizza overall chat for pick. july we'll save the pizza chat for yelling about sports there you go <laughs> so the thing that would bother bother me about Heisher is that he really only did come on during the World Juniors, right? Like that. I mean, he had a great year. No, he had a really good year. He had a good year, but he really yeah. came on in the second oh, half, and everybody kind of noticed him during the World Juniors. That's really those guys out. with the like breakout World Junior. I think of like a Braden Shen, where it's like he's a good player, and then he's phenomenal for a short tournament, and people go, "Oh, he's the best player in the world." Yeah, but he was also really good in juniors too. Mm-hmm. Like, like, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trust a guy who's like just okay with his junior team and then comes out and has a dominant world juniors because he's a Swiss guy and every half-decent prospect gets on the Swiss team because they're not as stacked as Canada or the U.S. Yeah, I'm not going to trust them. But if you're a guy who's scoring 1.5 points per game in, in your league and then you go out there and dominate world juniors, yeah, it's going it's to catch my eye because he's proven that those numbers aren't a fluke. And doing it against the higher level of competition because it is a best-on-best best tournament, yeah. absolutely, it's impressive. I just... I, Something good happened, so I'm looking at why it's not so good. This is, That's this all, is Philadelphia in a nutshell. I, like, I try, I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out what is going to go wrong before it goes wrong, so I can say we already addressed this on the show. But I am incredibly excited about getting this second pick. It's awesome. And if not, like he's, they're gonna get a good player. I, I, I have no yeah. idea if they're getting a superstar. Probably not, because there's only a couple superstars and. There being superstars in the top of the draft, like three years in a row, low end possibility. But it's just nice to know they're going to be adding a really good player, and they move up in every round. I'm mostly excited. No, they don't. No, no, that was no. that was that was a that was, that was a myth. That was fake news. Some asshole was, lied to me. That was fake, that was news. fake news from Tim Panaccio. <laughs> I thought that didn't sound right. No, the man that was who fake. Makes but I didn't read it from Panaccio. I read it somewhere else. 
Where? Not on a great website like Broad Street Hockey, but somewhere else. Because we wouldn't, we wouldn't report we didn't write, fake news. We didn't put yeah. that on our website. We wouldn't report fake news. We would not re- report fake but news. Our I feel website like I read it somewhere that wasn't CSN. <laughs> I feel like it wasn't Panache that I read it from, but it must have been somebody who got it from him. Was it, was it, was it Kurt? Kurt screenshotting <laughs> Panache's article on Twitter? <laughs> Might have been. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been. Um, I'm mostly excited because I know the devils are going to fuck this up. Like they, they are the devils. They like, are pretty good. What does good. that mean? The devils are one of the most successful franchises in my shit life for a decade. They could have had they went to a Stanley Cup final like three years ago. It was didn't. five, but that was the only year they've been good in about a decade. Uh, the Flyers haven't been good in forty, so the Flyers are definitely going <laughs> to. The Flyers went to it in the same decade. They went to the. Final <laughs> <two>. <laughs> they've done exactly what the devils did. <laughs> um, they could have had Provorov last year and decided, nah. They just had to have Pavel, where I'm had to have Pavel Zaka. Yeah. 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 He'll probably pa- be really good. Pa- pa- Pavel Zaka, who, Maybe. who Travis Konechny outplayed when they played for the same team. And Travis Konechny was taken, what, like 16 picks later? Right? Yeah. 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 Like, oh, oh, wait. We, not, not only did the, did the Flyers get the like a really good defenseman rather than Pavel Zaka, they also got a guy better than Pavel Zaka later on in the draft. Maybe. Yeah. Well done, Devils. <laughs> Maybe. Teeks. I don't know. He's better. You know? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly convinced he's better than Pavel Zaka. I, I am not I high on Pavel I didn't Zaka. know that you were a New Jersey Devils apologist. I'm I didn't, not. I just yeah, I, I, I see a team with three cups, and I see a team with none in 40 years, and I think But they ruined hockey. Yeah. I see the team that I ruined my childhood. They have I hate minimal amounts of fans. Whatever. I hate the New Jersey Devils more than I hate the Pittsburgh Penguins. They also... I they, hate them they, so fucking much. They basically fired Lou Lamorello. It got so bad there. Like, yeah. imagine... Everyone's well, time runs out. I mean, you know... I was going to say imagine firing Bobby Clark, but that basically... That did happen. It should have the first three but, times. Uh, um, there was a thing that I was going to say. What was it, Steph? Oh, I don't care who they take at number two. It's going to be better than number 13. Maybe. Like, I, I don't care. I don't care. I, don't I just care. love that they can't They can't possibly fuck it up. Oh, there's the two guys. challenge them. There's two guys <laughs> worth taking in this draft. Someone's going to pick one, and then we get the other one. Yeah, I just, there's I, no fucking I, it up. I just don't want, I don't want them to overthink this What if they use thing, two but... to get rid of Andrew McDonald? I don't care. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I, I, look, and I would love to see them find a way to get out from under that Andrew McDonald contract. The number two pick is way too valuable. I, yeah, to use that. I, like you get your, you possibly get your replacement for Claude Giroux, which you don't get unless you get lucky. Unless you get really lucky on a later pick, unless or you put so you much win good a lottery. Karma Almost out like there. you get, yeah, you get lucky with a two point four percent chance. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. They had a 50-50 chance of that two point four coming true. There so, so I, I'll pose this question. I know it's Science I know it's works. early, but like, <laughs> does do we have an idea of who like each of us kind of wants it to be? Because because there, yes. there's 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 no like I don't there's yet. no control because it just comes down to whoever the devils take. But like, do we know who we wish it was based on the intense amount of reading that I did today and today only? I want Nico. <laughs> okay. Um. So I like many of us here, was only looking at middle round picks and I didn't do a lot of research on the top two. Um, But really, I I would be happy with both of them. I want Nolan Patrick because I, this team is so small to have a six foot three, 210 pound dude up front. Like I would like that a lot. Yeah. I'm I'm leaning towards Patrick also because of the, there's just a little bit more of a track record there. Um, particularly in North America, but I think that um, I'd be happy with either of them too. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah, we're gonna get a really good player either way. So I think yeah, I, I'd be really happy with Nico too. I think I would. 
if Patrick didn't have the injury history, yeah, I just like a guy who's already like, uh, yeah, somebody with that kind of size who's already had like collarbones. Uh, once you break your collarbone, it just gets weaker. Uh, he's had a groin and a sports hernia. I just uh, those are things that. Like a groin, that, that kind of stuff just lingers. And I don't want that holding a guy back. Like he plays 60 games a year and it's really fun when he's in. And it's like, oh, great, it's March and he's out with another sports hernia. Okay. I I, there, I think there is something to I, well, I think it was stuff you said at the with his, you know, he still is growing into his body, though. Yep. He's going to, you know, for, particularly with somebody who's that big and that young, I think that there is. There is something to that in terms of him not being quite ready to maybe have the muscle he has. I get it. He needs to grow into that frame a bit. If watching sports has taught me one thing, it's that guys who get hurt all the time get hurt all the time. You can never count on a guy who's always hurt to be healthy. I don't agree. Like, like yeah. if it, if it if it's like a knee and a knee a knee you're going to keep injuring. If it's a back, you're definitely going to be injury prone. But these are. Different types of things. Sports hernia and a groin are the same thing. Eh, yeah, Once but a collarbone hernia, is not. Yeah, but a collarbone is just something that gets like just gets weaker and it becomes easier and easier. Not to when break. you're Does eighteen. It, it, not when you're eighteen. You're still absolutely That's not. No, but once you your, break your bones it, get yeah. weaker. Once you break it once, it becomes easier to break again. It's one of those weird bones that's like hard to set, and they don't. I don't think they it takes ever, 10 talk into your mic so oh. I can hear you. Yes, Thank you. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I just can't hear you. That's it takes 10 day. pounds of pressure to break a collarbone. Yeah. Okay. I just, I, a lot. I, I've done it I've done it walking my dog, so like exactly. I get it, but it seems bad. It was not good. Yeah. She was excited. It was on a hill with snow, and it just wasn't Steph, good. Steph, you probably don't want to look at an NHL career. No, I, like, I would, <laughs> would not, never draft my, you. My body would not hold up. Like I would definitely go undrafted. I may have the college free agent route, but even then, so your team open tryouts is what you're saying. No, I'm still, I'm st- <laughs> I still want, I still want Nolan Patrick. They both have really good flow. I'm looking at their pictures here. They both really seem to have great hockey hair. Neither one uh, has a stupid face. That's a thing no, that I was really no. worried about. Uh, I'm going with Nico just because. He doesn't have the injury history. I just hate the Q. That's I just don't trust anyone. See, I, I, I actually I do want to talk about this real quick because I think this is something. That's my bias this, more than anything this, this, is against that. This league. is something like a, I think a myth that is taking hold. There's this idea. It's all about Katori. Well, there's That's a, why there's this idea that like the Q is this high scoring league that everybody puts up video game numbers and we can't trust high scores. Like that used to be the case. Like I'm like back in probably like the early 2000s. Like they were it was by far the highest scoring league. It's still probably the highest, but it's not that much more. Like if you look at NHL equivalencies and like that, how how scoring translates. Like the OHL is the toughest league to score. If you look at the three junior leagues, and the Q is basically right alongside the WHL. Maybe the WHL it translates a little bit better, but it's pretty darn close. Like I would not just ignore scoring numbers. Based upon, oh, well, they're in the queue. And everybody brings up freaking Katuria. That's what it's all you know, about. You know what? You know what? Strong Katuria is a good even strength scorer, so fuck all you. Yeah. 96 points two years in a row. There we go. I mean, actually, I'm looking at what? I guess this is this season? Is this this season um, in the WHL? And they had two guys who scored. Well, they're both on the Regina Pats, but. Um, the what? Regina. Regina. Oh. City in Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Bill. They both had 130 points. Holy shit. <clears throat> it's a lot. 
Yeah, and there was nobody who came even close in the queue. Not that that matters. It's two guys on the same team. But um, I, I, there were there were more there were there were more 100 point scorers in the in the WHL. Than yeah, because the thing with the WHL is that while I think the WHL is probably a more defensive style, there's more teams. So there are more crappy players in the WHL than there are in the other two leagues, which allows for teaming your theory about, hey, let's just add more teams and I get more the, Chris Vandeville. The <laughs> NHL should be 34 teams. 40 if they could. That's if pretty much the WHL. So like, I don't look at Nico's numbers and say they're dramatically inflated. Maybe they're a little inflated, but not to the point where I look at that and I say, okay, well, he's a 1.5 point per game player in the queue. That means he's a point per game player elsewhere. Like It's not that big of an adjustment. I also like the Halifax Mooseheads. That's a lot of fun. I want his jersey. Yeah. The so. Q has some really cool like names of teams. They piss me off, though, because I can barely read. Their Eng- the English version of their website is awful. Is what really? the hell is a Wheat King? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, that's it's kind a of a bad name. Is that I like mean, it's, a, like a, it's, a, it's like a sound tiger. It's like a... Yeah, that's dumb, too. Mm-hmm. Like a a weak that seems like a a, a slight against people with. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. I right can't now. even think of the. There's a team called the Ice. They couldn't get anything else but the Ice. <laughs> Again, there are too many teams in the WHL. <laughs> but to to kind of throw my hat in the ring here, on Saturday night, like after they won, I was totally on board. The I think Nolan Patrick ideally would be the pick. I don't think he's gonna be taken. I'm leaning now more on the other side, and the reason why is because well, I do believe that Nolan Patrick's ceiling is probably higher than Nico's. Like, I think a 6'3 forward who can physically dominate and hopefully become something of an above-average skater and dominated in the year before his draft year in the WHL, like, that ceiling is is huge. But you have the injuries. Whereas I look at Nico and I see a guy who he's got, it also has a really good ceiling, but I think his floor is higher than Patrick's. And with this type of opportunity, like, Flyers are going to have this opportunity probably hopefully for at least the next like 20 years unless they trade up dramatically to get it so if this is the one time you're going to get it i want to get a guy who i'm very confident is going to be like play most of the games and at least be a a second line center and i feel more confident that nico will be that guy than than patrick just because primarily because of the injuries more than anything i want nico just so we can all scream nico power play no i forbid this (laughs) you know it's happening i know (laughs) well is that it are are we done guys i don't know what what are we doing on time i think that's it Mm -hmm. i mean do you have anything else steph i don't want to cut you off like i did last week i could keep talking for another hour about well we're gonna do that next on yelling about sports live on wildfire radio i guess i'll close it out like it's just nice because this season has been you know everybody everybody was just really angry all the time like not, I'm not talking about this show, but like I'm talking about on yeah, Twitter, on social media, yeah. on our site. On like Facebook. everyone Woo! was just so angry, and hopefully that this dancing is, usher that they show on the finally, big screen wasn't just he wasn't yeah. as enthusiastic. How could he be? But like hopefully this is the tide finally turning. And Hextel even said like we dealt with a lot of bad luck this year, and they yep. did. That wasn't the only reason, but they did deal with a lot of bad luck. And you know what? We maybe, hired a bad coach accidentally. Maybe maybe this is finally a turning, and hopefully. It better, brighter days are ahead. Just don't think it. about the goalie situation, Charlie. Oh no, we're not gonna. We're what, not what, talking what are, goalies this goalies? week. We're happy this what week. We're happy this week. Carter we're happy Hart, this Carter week. Hart, goalies goalies are a myth. Carter, Carter Hart. Hart. <laughs> Charlie did a Facebook Live Q and A. Q Q and A. That was weird. Um, on Saturday at 11 a.m. Kelly is up next Saturday at 11 a.m. So make yeah. sure you're checking us out on Facebook Live. Fire Day Pack Stall.
That is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Uh, hey, guys, everyone be happy for at least a week. The Flyers got the second overall pick. Uh, they deserve it because they put out great karma by not tanking, by not tanking, by not tanking. Suck it. Trust the process. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about sports? I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the scheme and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly.